This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to listening to us on Alive Again. And my name is Brent Atwater, and I'm a medium. And this is our series of, are you living with a heavenly being? Is your pet in an earth suit? Mm, Could they be an angel or a spirit guide? And on each of these, we're letting you write in and tell us what you think. Was that pet an angel or a spirit guide? Because we're not going to tell you. But all the signs are in there. And if you want to learn, you can come to my class. It's an on-demand, and it'll teach you to identify if your pet is really a heavenly being. Today, we're really honored to have Rachel Hay on here. And Rachel is really, the reason she doesn't talk Southern is because she's originally from Venezuela. But trying to find her, this girl is all over the world. And she's uh, her specialty is feathered creatures. And I got the opportunity to meet her through her PT. And I want her to tell you where she's been recently. Tell us the most exciting thing you just recently did, which we just also go see our show that we had on Pet Life Radio about this Dr. K. And tell us about that. So I did two weeks now an externship with Dr. K and learned a lot about feather creatures and other exotic animals, which that's what I want to specialize, especially in avian and folks, you're going to be seeing her in the future. So, you know, Rachel, we're lucky that we're having her on our show now because she's got a lot of big things to do on Earth. And we are proud that she's taken time out of her life and all of her learning. Because let me tell you, she's everywhere and trying to track her down is like, oh, dear. So let's start off and talk about when you were in New York and how you found this little feathered thing on the street. And this just tore my heart out. But it's one of the sweetest stories. I'm probably going to cry. I've always told this story because it's one of the dearest, sweetest stories I've heard. And so, Rachel, tell us about how you met Petey and what you were doing while you were there. So, I was in Venezuela when I found Petey. He, my aunt found Petey, he fell from the nest in a big rain. She raised him for two months, then he wouldn't eat by himself. So, she gave up and told him, just take care of him and try to make him eat by himself so he can be free. But... He would never, he never wanted to be like in the wild. He wasn't a bird. He didn't act as a bird. So after that, I was in dental school at the time. So thanks to him, I went to an exotics vet. I wanted to be a vet my whole life, but you know, family influences. And so I went into dental school. When I went to the the, um, exotics vet, I was so amazed with what he can do in such a tiny body. So really I, tiny body, yeah. Yeah, like how much did he? I mean, how many ounces was he? <laughs> so I think he's considered one of the second smallest dove species. Wow. Yeah. So he's like the size of my hand, like oh. the palm of my hand. Oh. He was tiny. He will always be in my hand or in my chest. And will always be there. He wouldn't, he wouldn't move. He would love being there. So when I went to this doctor, I just said, okay, dental school is not my thing. Like, it's not where I have to go. He kind of like redirected me to my passion. All right, folks. Ding, ding. That's a little sign. All of a sudden, she meets this little fluffy, fluffy feathered thing. And he's not well. And from that moment on, she decided not to be a dentist. 
Hello, do you think there's a little heavenly influence going on here? Okay, so you take Petey. Go ahead. Yeah, so when Petey made me change to vet school, but it was in Colombia. So I went to Colombia with Petey. And after my first semester, that's when like, I went back in Venezuela. And the 1st of January, after, the, uh, after New Year's, that's when he passed away. And it was the quickest, like, cleanest way. Like, he just started sneezing. And then you could feel it less and less. On, I, don't, I couldn't explain the, like, how the body was less and less heavy. But it was so fast and it wasn't traumatizing. So it was very sad. I was very sad and devastated. It was my baby for two years and eight months. So it was this. It was sad, and that's how when I tried to contact you because I couldn't stand being so sad and know what happened. But now during this time after he passed, there were people that had started calling you about taking care of baby birds that didn't eat. Yes. So now wait a minute. Now we're going to stop right there. We're going to take a little break because this gets really good, folks. And let our sponsors have a word because this you got to hear after. So hang on. Let's get that sponsor going on. And we're going to be right back. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Well, it's all a flutter over here. Petey has now transitioned to the other side. Rachel is totally distraught because this was her soulmate that literally lived and stayed with her and changed her life direction. And then now, Rachel has got all these people calling her going, how do I save these birds? What do I do with them? Take it from there, Rachel. Okay, so um, on Instagram, I have my WhatsApp number and I get people that usually call me, oh, I found this baby bird. What should I feed him? What should I do? So one thing is to always, if you're going to feed a baby bird, you need to be very, very, very careful because their, their anatomy is kind of different. They actually don't have a diaphragm. So Listen to that, folks. Birds don't have diaphragms. I didn't know that. Explain what a diaphragm does and what it does not do because a bird doesn't have it. This is just unreal to me. So the diaphragm, it's the muscles that... For us, it helps us breathe, like expand the lungs and then expirate. And sometimes when we, let's say, the, we eat something and it goes to the wrong way, meaning to the trach and then almost to the lungs, we cough. Birds right. cannot do that because they don't have a diaphragm. So when, whenever they aspirate, it's kind of like death sentence because they just die from anything and very quickly. And so, how does it know when to go down the esophagus and when to go over to the... Because when they breathe, isn't that the same tube? Uh, when they breathe, is the trachea. That's where the air goes. And then when you swallow, is the esophagus. They're next to each other. 
So whenever you feed them, if you're going to do a gavage, you need to go directly, put it in, in the esophagus and go directly to the crop. Make and sure that's why they the open their mouth so wide. Yes, because mom just makes puts her mouth inside of their beak. Okay. And so usually you gavage and make sure you have your inside the crop. Because if you do it too high, you might end Kill up them. putting end up putting some food in the trachea and they can aspirate, causing pneumonia, causing like death. Wow. Mm. Now tell us about this special gruel that you mixed up that you were trying to that people started calling you about. So usually I get a lot of calls from, let's say, Venezuela. And you know that right now the situation is not that good. So you don't find like baby bird food. So usually what I do is this baby human food called Nestum. And it's made of different type of cereal. So that you mix it with boil water. You need to boil the water because you need to remember that their digestive system still don't have antibodies. And usually... Really? Yeah. Usually moms have what is called crop milk, which whenever they give regurgitate their food, it goes with their crop milk, mom's crop milk, to their baby bird. And so, that gives them antibodies. So we have this baby bird that doesn't have a diaphragm and he doesn't have antibodies either. Yeah. Oh, poor fella. Okay. So whenever you have that type of bird, you need to be careful to boil the water because you need to take out all impurities. It's just like a human baby, even harder because you're treating a, a different species totally differently from a human baby. Wow. What and Petey inspired you to start saving these baby birds? Yes, I actually, whenever I want to specialize in avian, I want to specialize a lot in baby birds because I find it so passionate. And not a lot of people are willing to do a lot of baby birds because there's a lot of work. It's waking up every two hours to make sure they're warm enough. Because also in the nest, usually they have their little brothers and mom. So mm -hmm. they keep their temperature. Mm -hmm. Birds' temperature normally is 40 degrees Celsius, 40.2 degrees Celsius, which is ours is 37 degrees Celsius. So it's much higher than ours. So mm -hmm. usually you have to put like a heating pad or a lamp or a water bottle with a hot water inside with a little mm -hmm. towel to keep the heat because they don't have mom to provide the, the heat. And they can die because of usually when they are not warm. They don't digest well and they start losing, they start losing energy trying to keep themselves alive. How many baby birds, say one out of 10, how many make it in life? I mean, no. with all of this, with no antibodies, no diaphragm. So, let's I mean, say, like, what's, what's the population, what's the percentage of survival? I mean, this little fellow sort of coming into the world with all odds against him. So, with their mom, mm -hmm. it's the, it, with their mom is different. So, the survival is, Normal thing is like sometimes they fall from the nest and mm, yeah. if someone doesn't pick it up and put it on the back on this nest or there's a predator or someone doesn't pick it up or so, let's say a human pick it up, uh, but he doesn't know how to take care of it. But mm -hmm. they die like they die very quick. Like, well, now, you know, there's a what's that thing called? There's a, a myth that if you touch the baby bird, the mother will totally leave it alone. Is that correct? No, no, because uh, mom don't have. Birds don't have a good sense of smell. It's not like huh. rabbits or mammals. They, they okay. don't have a good sense of smell. They do have a good sense of sight. Right. But if you leave the bird there, you will have to 
if you want to keep an eye on it, just try to hide yourself to see if mom is coming. Usually mom comes whenever there's no one around. Interesting. Okay. So sometimes. So, so in other things. words, we can take it very carefully and use like a, a little, because I've always picked them up with like a washcloth or a towel and tried to put them back in the nest like that so I, they wouldn't have a human scent on them. So we can take them when they're on the ground and put them back in the nest. And that's just an old wives tale that you can't do that. Yeah. It usually they, they tell you that is just to pick it up and put it back on the nest. That's fine. Mm-hmm. It's just when you are raising them, if you don't want them to imprint on you, you usually have to cover yourself and put gloves and t- barely touch them because you don't mm-hmm. want them to imprint with you, like making a bond with you. And what is they, that imp- that now did PT bond with your aunt or because he was so sick, he did bond with you? So PT was uh a healthy when my my aunt gave it to me he just wouldn't feed by himself so i uh, i don't know why but i think we bonded so strongly differently than with my aunt i show him how to feed by himself and like by putting my finger on the table with the food Mm -hmm. and just pretending my finger is a beak and Mm -hmm. i will tap 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 and then he started eating by himself but still then once my aunt told me, I tried once to like release him and he wouldn't move from the window. Smart bird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when I got him, like at first I was, oh my God, I don't want more, an, an, more animal because I was like, it's hard when you lose an animal. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get attached and I'm going to cry, blah, blah, blah. But then I couldn't avoid getting attached. It was something instantaneous. He just, the first time, he will just jump on my hand from his perch. So immediately there, was, immediately there was a connection. Yes. Yeah. And when you held him and touched him and petted his little feathery body, how did it make you feel inside? So he, I will study with him. He will give me peace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will have him the whole time with, on my shoulder. He will always want to be on my, on my neck because I think it's warm. It will be there. We can see better that way. You were taller. Yeah. Yeah. And so, where did he sleep with you? So he was sleeping in his cage because when we're asleep, usually we are not conscious of who we are next to. So since he was so tiny, I was afraid to just like in the middle of the night be on top of him and kill him. That's so, yeah. Yeah. So I just, uh, he slept on his cage and he will cool whenever he wanted to be outside or he will see me or he wouldn't, if he wouldn't see me, he will cool and like if he hear me, he will start cooing. So I grab him. Did y'all have a little language that you developed between the two of you? Little signs and so things he, that... So whenever he was on my chest, he will just start doing like a little puppy. Uh, like, oh. like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he will do that like for a few minutes and he will sleep on top of like on my chest the whole time. I will sing him songs for good night and good morning. And he will, in every morning, he will print my face mm-hmm. for, like, good morning signs. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when you have a bird like that, how long can birds live? I mean, I had a friend that just had a, a bird pass, and the bird was 34 years old. And then I had there's some parrots. Um, a friend of mine also has a parrot, and they have put provisions for the parrot in their will. Yes. So does each breed of bird have a different lifetime span? Yes, they do. So um, I found that uh, doves... Mm-hmm. Uh, like Piti, could live around 20 years. That's why really? it was so shocking for me when he passed away at two years and eight months. Like, he was young. Mm-hmm. So, But parrots, 
let's say Amazons can live mm -hmm. between 60 years, maybe. Wow. Wow. Um, macaws, I've heard from, let's say from doctors that they live like 80, but I oh. also read they can live from 80 to 120. So wow. yeah, it's now, a long time. <laughs> when you had Petey in your life, what kind of emotional connection did you have with him? How did he make you feel? Like his mommy. Yeah. And have you had any other connections feeling like that with any other bird since him? So I do have a strong connection with... So I had a connection that my cat just passed away suddenly, unexpected. He was my companion throughout school. That was like a very strong connection as well, but different. Like mm -hmm. Both are my babies, but it's different. One guides me and one makes sure to keep me company. Now I have two little doves and I do have a big connection with them. It's different for each one of them, but it's never going to be the same connection. I feel like every being has like a role. And Petey's role was to change your direction in life. Yes. And do you ever think, well, if it wasn't for Petey, I wouldn't do that or I'm going to change my mind? Or was the connection with Petey so strong that you just know in your soul that that's what you came to do? So, so for Petey had to come so I could check my doctors, the exotic doctor, and realize this is what I need. Like redirect my direction because I always wanted to be a vet. But I had my family's influence. Oh, no, uh, you're going to get sad every time and every time an animal dies. Yeah, it's true. But I think the reward of saving an animal and my passion is animals. I think that's greater than the sadness that I could yeah. get every time I lose. And um, if it wasn't for Petey, and that's why I actually have his footprints tattoo on my wrist, because he made a big change in my life. He made me go to this doctor and started shadowing this doctor, even though I was in dental school. And I said to convince my mom that I was going to be able to do it. And even if I was present in euthanasia, I was going to be able to be strong mm -hmm. and... That's how I got into veterinary school. So thanks to Petey, I think it would have been different if it wasn't for him because I wouldn't have gone to this doctor. And maybe I would have changed later by being frustrated, let's say, in dental school or even working in dental school and changed mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. But I think this was like the right time mm -hmm. as well because I was more mature. And yeah. when he passed, was that the timing that you were getting ready to go back to school again and redirecting? So actually he passed during, I did one semester. So I was in, back in holidays, in winter break. Mm, that's what that I thought, pass, yeah. that, that passing was kind of like the right moment because I was with my family. And I think that allowed me to grieve before school. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't allow myself not to go back to school. Because I needed to keep going. Do you think that Petey, because most people would have grieved and said, I just can't do this anymore. Do you think he became your inspiration to keep going? Yes. Yeah. Same with my, now same with my cat. Um, mm -hmm. He passed away in January. I had to fly back mm -hmm. home for emergency because he was bad. It was unexpected. And when I went, I was in middle of school, but my mom said this. You cannot do this to your cat. You have to keep going because make this not being in vain because he has gone. He has come with me to college, high school, mm -hmm. 
and all that. He has trouble. He doesn't like airplanes, but he has been by my side. And she said, you cannot do this to your cat. You need to keep going, even if it hurts. In not in vain. So same thing with my cat. I kept going. But with PT, I kept going because my inspiration for avian is thanks to PT. Actually, I- for, for doves, I've never knew how someone could bond so strongly with a dove. I've been bonded to parrots, but dove, I find so much peace by bonding with them. I think it's interesting that you are you have the gift with all the animals, and we're going to take a sponsor's break and come right back, and then after that, we're going to see how she's going to be going forward. All right, we'll be back right after we hear a word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone, Michelle Fern here, host of Best Bets for Pets and Dog Mom to two gorgeous pooches. And I found a way to make them happy every month. BarkBox. It's a party in the box for your pooches filled with toys and treats they will love. We have a special for you that you are going to love too. This is for all the pet parents. Visit BarkBox.com slash PetLife and subscribe to a 6 or 12 month plan and get a month for free. How great is that? Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back and we really thank our sponsors for taking time to support our sponsors, would you please? I mean, that helps us keep coming back. And one of the things I'm really interested in, because Rachel has the opportunity to be in veterinary school, I mean, it's not like she doesn't get to see all of God's creatures. And in seeing all of God's creatures, how do you think the bonding, do you think different people bond with different animals? Do you just have a bond with all of them? What set PD apart to redirect your life, even though you feel feel compelled to help all of God's creatures? So PT for me, let's say, is my child. It's different. Or let's say a doctor, a human doctor, will Mm -hmm. treat different humans. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. his family has a bond with them. Different Mm -hmm. bond, different love. Mm -hmm. So he's passionate about taking care of humans. But the bond that he has with his family is totally different. And that's what I feel PT is my kid, my child. Now I have two other little child who keep me going and I learn a lot from them. It's two little doves as well. But Pete, he was my inspiration, my my strength for mm-hmm. vet school, to keep going in vet school. And my love for him is like a child. I haven't had a human child, but I did raise him, did uh, lose hours of sleep to raise him up. And do you feel that he basically he was life changing for you? Yes, he and, was life-changing. And then when he left, even though he left, it was in perfect timing so that you could continue your schooling, and yet it also was perfect timing because he was the inspiration for you not to quit. Yes, because I feel he... Cause actually, I finished one semester, mm-hmm. and that was during holiday, so I was with my family when he passed away, but I actually finished a semester, so I think he kind of waited. I make sure I was staying in vet school mm-hmm. and then he left when that like when he made sure I was in vet school and I was not going to quit. 
That's perfect timing then. What? He had perfect timing. What would you say to folks out there who say, eh, it's just a dog, it's just a pet, it's just a cat, it's just an old bird, they can't do anything in your life? What would you say to that person from both your love as a professional veterinarian-to-be and as a mom of a feathered, very special heavenly being in um, a dove suit named Petey? So I would say you cannot talk about how someone feels if you haven't gotten that experience. Because that feeling, even when I was with my therapist, she would say, I know the pain is horrible, but it's worse worse than if you haven't lived with that love. So for me, I rather have a lot of pain after they pass, but that love is just bigger and it's so rewarding and so fulfilling. It it completes me. And I feel like people who have say that about pets, they haven't bonded. They haven't mm-hmm. they haven't had a connection or they haven't allowed to that connection to grow. Because they say, Oh, in their mind they think it's just a dog. But if you allow that door to open, you will feel things that you have never felt with, let's say, a human. You have this connection, which is pure. An animal, like let's say babies, human babies and kids are pure. But once they start growing, they start being pure. Once they start seeing real world. But I think animals, they just stay pure for life. So that's a pure love and it's unconditional love which is the best love you can have. And does that purity, do you feel that Petey's still with you in certain ways? I do. I do. I think you told me he was my guardian angel. (laughs) So whenever I feel, sometimes whenever I feel lost, it's like, please give me strength to keep on going. And and I just think about him and that's why I have his footprints uh, tattoo because I just see my tattoo and remind myself why I'm doing this. Because vet school is hard and sometimes you go through tough stuff while in vet school. So I just keep reminding myself I'm doing this because this is my passion, even though it's hard. Do you feel, has Petey ever sent you signs to let you know that when you said help me get through this that you can feel and sense that he has is in fact there? I don't know. Giving you that strength and filling your heart and giving you that extra, okay, you can do this. I know you can. So the other day I was, I'm very, sometimes I want science to be very, let's visible. Let's say I just want to be, the, have the soul in front of me and see it. <laughs> That's how, because I'm, I need to see for, to believe, but I do believe in things. It's just when I don't see it like clearly, I doubt myself. But I did find once I had a scarf wrapping a book. I, then I was taking out the scarf and I found one of Pete's feathers in there. <laughs> Like randomly I found it and I, I felt it felt good because it was very random. And you felt that he was like saying, OK, you can do this. Yeah. As, and also uh, when I went back to school after my cat died, I ran. The, the house is always clean, being clean all the time. And once in the bathroom, I found a mustache of my cat and oh, I wow. felt so good. <laughs> I oh. felt so good because that was very random and that was that that house had been clean. So I don't know how mustache was there. And it was one of my favorites. It was the black one because he had few black ones. And I think it's interesting because even when you, like you said, it's been clean and there's no way possible that it should still be there. It's there. And your heart just responds to it, doesn't it? Yes. And your heart knows that it's real. 
yeah, I just like I smiled when I looked at it, it and I was having a hard time. So I was I felt kind of like a, a hug. hope, <laughs> yeah. like a cyber hug from heaven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that's a good thing. Now, when you go forward with all of this knowledge that Petey gave you and people bring pets into you from now on with your journey, how are you going to help direct them so they can have a fuller grasp of death is not dead and done and transition is just real? It means it's not over you and how important these animals, although they bring them in, ah, just neuter them and do this how they can actually change your life. How are you going to impart that when you have your practice and they just sort of come in and are like, eh, whatever. So when I help people that have baby birds, uh, sometimes, most of the time, they pass because they don't follow my directions correctly. Mm-hmm. Let's say they changed the food, they uh, forgot to put the heater all the time. So, and sometimes they get very, very, very attached. And when they lose them, they are, they cry. And what to comfort them, I have this kind of, I found this letter that I found beautiful. And it says that, it's like a poem. It says that God, I'm boring this little bird so he can learn some stuff on earth. And then I'm taking him back. I don't know when I'm going to take him back. I don't know how long you're going to have him. But whenever I take him back, don't feel it was in vain what you care for. Because all that love, it's there. Mm-hmm. And you may, you help him grow. But also, I feel that in order for me to, because it hurts every when a baby bird dies, mm-hmm. even if it's not my own, because I feel like they're so young, full of life. But also, in order for me to move on, I just find, since pity, thanks to pity, since pity, I've been doing this, is fine. What was the purpose in this? little being in my life what did Mm -hmm. i learn this time and it it makes me feel like better i do believe heaven i will reunite with them and pity i know his mom on my side all the time it's just Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget and it the pain is still there but i feel like every time there is a being it sends for his reason and if he leaves early it's not early it's just that's the time that's how long he had to stay because he had a mission and accomplished that mission. You just need to understand and find what was that mission because you need to learn from it. So that's what I feel. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And so if when you're specializing in these baby birds, if somebody wants to get in touch with you about that gruel mix that you were talking about, how would they be able to do that so they can get that little information? And they can reach me through Instagram. Instagram, uh, my username is Rachel Hayon, and my WhatsApp number is there. So they can just add me through WhatsApp and message me, or they can message me directly through the private message from Instagram, but I prefer WhatsApp because I read them more. <laughs> I get well, them. that's because you travel all over the world, and that's the best way they can catch you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like a little bird, you're flying everywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, everybody. Thank you for sharing with us today. And uh, you can, if you can't feel it, everybody can feel it. That Rachel just has this huge passion, thanks to Petey, for baby birds. And we are grateful that God put her on earth so that baby birds will live and have a greater, higher percentage chance of survival. And we thank you for your time today. And I am very grateful that I had the honor to meet you and Petey. And I am grateful that Petey 
was able to inspire and activate your soul for what you came on earth to do because this is obviously your soul's purpose and your life mission and i just think it's wonderful so namaste girl (laughs) thank you for uh, having me oh you're more than welcome and we will look forward to checking on your career as we go through life but never folks never ever even if it's a little sick dove discount the journey that that feathered friend may take you on wouldn't you say Yep, that's and, true. And what would you say in closing that Petey would have to say about all of this? I feel that one of the messages that Petey wanted me to say is that every being has a purpose and you just need to find it and understand it and learn from it. Totally agree with you. And on that, we thank you. We'll look forward to seeing you another time. And namaste to all of the creatures out there, great and small, who came to teach us Earth folks how to live a little better, how to be a little better, and how to evolve. We look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.